She's sharp, pointed, and insightful. This is Stacy on the Right on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. CNN's ratings would be in the toilet without Donald Trump. Let's go to MSNBC. Is there a moment of the day when they are not focusing on Donald Trump or some intimately related subject? They've been trying to destroy Judge Kavanaugh since the very first second he was announced. If you stop and listen, you can practically hear the Democrats trying to move the goalposts on Judge Kavanaugh's nomination to the Supreme Court. Now, if the FBI concludes its investigation by today, we expect the Senate will hold a vote on confirming Judge Kavanaugh this weekend. And now, Stacey Washington. Welcome to the show. It's hump day, and it's still Stacey on the right. Here on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk, AFR.net. Go over there. Check it out. we got good stuff for you over there. All right, let's talk about what's on the show today. We have a fantastic lineup of information, news and information. We're going to start off with our daily confession. We're going to discuss the ricin attack that has actually gone to the White House. And then also some uh, senators have received envelopes and Ted Cruz's office. And, and it's just been Really, uh, a horrible uh, kind of instance. We see people who don't feel like they can control the situation trying to hurt other people. Um, it's not something new, but it's definitely something we're going to discuss. We're also going to discuss this guy who booby-trapped a wheelchair and a hot tub, lined a hot tub on the outside with spikes, and set it all up to catch the FBI when they came to raid his home. Like, think home alone, but for a grown-up and for real, um, actual pain, actual suffering that could occur that actually happened, and so we're going to talk about that as well. And then we're going to discuss Senator Lindsey Graham and his, you know, craziness, and we'll take your calls, and that'll be uh, throughout this first hour. So 866-963-2037, 866-963-2037. Uh, you can also go to urbanfamilytalk.com and find all kinds of cool information there as well. So uh, let's first get into our daily confession. And I, I just have a bunch for you because I feel like, you know, the, the further into this week we get, the more we're seeing unhinged behavior from all over the place. And the reason people are losing their stuffing over politics or, you know, whatever they're losing their stuffing over is because they're not rooted and grounded in Christ. And there's an answer for that. If you're a Christian, if you're a professing Christian, now, if you're not, and you want to be, all you have to do is say, father, I'm a sinner. I know you died on the cross and rose again on the, the, on the third day, and you did all of that for my sins. I'm a sinner. I'm guilty. I, I deserve nothing less than the ultimate retribution for all of my sins and my wickedness. But because of Jesus, I have a way forward to heaven and eternity, and that is through the cross. And so please come into my heart. Please save me. I believe that you are, and I accept you into my heart. And then after that, that begins the party. Find a church, get baptized, start attending regularly, crack open your Bible and, you know, let's get it. That's, that's what you can do for the moving forward for walking in victory, which is what we're wanting to do. We have to be able to recognize when we're under attack. And this is for any situation. I specifically think of the Kavanaugh family because they are literally under attack. They, they are, they may be bowed, but they're not beaten. They are not destroyed. And they're going to come out of this, I believe, 
they're, they're going to be blessed on the other side. But until then, how do we walk through that? Well, we can confess what God's word says. Now, I chose Isaiah 30, 18, yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. He rises to show you compassion. The Lord longs to be gracious to me. He rises to show me compassion. And that is fantastic. The word of God is true. It is mighty. And it, and it moves mountains. But there's a bit more. I had to go back to go back to one of my favorites, Psalm 19. So here you have uh, for the director of music, a Psalm of David, where he's literally singing to God the ultimate praise. And, and that's where the rubber meets the road. Let's say you are going through something. You do have a situation that's not it's not the best. It's, in fact, it feels like the worst. What can you do? You can praise God first. And this psalm is such a perfect example of that. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. If you want to get outside of what's going on, go outside and look up. Every day of the year, every minute of every day, we get a different sky, different cloud formations, different colors. Every night the sunset is different. It's never the same twice. Imagine a God that can do that, being unable to handle your problems. I don't think so. Those don't, those don't compute. God can handle not just our problems, but he can allow us to become closer to him in the midst of all of that. So back to it. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens, God has pitched a tent for the sun. It is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is deprived of its warmth. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. By them, your servant is warned in keeping them. There is great reward, but who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression, May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Those words are not just music to your ear, but they're a balm to your soul. They're uplifting and they are, this is when, when the word of God says that we're supposed to eat the word, we're supposed to consume it. We're supposed to keep it on our mouths so that it becomes sweet to us the recitation of it, the reading of it, the hearing of it, and the obedience to what it tells us to do. In our uh, Bible study class, you might be also doing BSF. I have had a couple of listeners reach out and say they're doing BSF too. And this BSF season, there is a study in the Old Testament this time, and it's Joshua. And it has just been an amazing three weeks. We're only three weeks in, and we were just marveling today at how outstanding it is to go back and read the book of Joshua and understand, you know, just what God is saying to us 
in the story of Joshua and how he he was the one, not Moses, who led the Israelites into the promised land where they not they didn't just slay some of their enemies. They slew all of their enemies, including the Anakites, who were these giants. They literally compared themselves as grasshoppers in stature to these Anakites. And at one point, they're on the battlefield. And you just have to go read it for yourself. The book of Joshua is so amazing. And they're on the battlefield. And God has already told Joshua, fear not, do not be afraid. I have already delivered them into your hand. So in the natural, you see an army of giants and a, with inside a city where the walls reach up to the sky. But in the real, I am your God. I'm told you not to be afraid. And, and they're already delivered into your hand. And this is an amazing feat because they're out there slaying the enemy. These giants, the Israelites are. And God has told them they will completely annihilate these people. And in the natural, you know, they've been fighting all day and the sun is high and they look around. They're like, we're not going to be done by the time it gets dark and we can't keep fighting in the dark. So Joshua says, sun, stop. Moon, stay where you are. Because we're not finished doing what God told us to do. And that's what the Bible shows happened right there in that day. So if that can happen, surely the problem that you're dealing with, the problems that I'm dealing with, God can handle those too. Surely he can handle those problems. So we have to be, we have to know, first of all, who it is that we belong to. And then next up, we have to really say to ourselves, what, what does God have for me to do? And what, what else can I do to rely on God so that he can fulfill my every need? And so I'm, I'm really excited about the study that we're doing. If you're, if you're wondering, you know, what study it is, it's BSF, it's called Bible Study Fellowship, and you can take it anywhere. They're all over the world. They're international. You could look up a Bible study fellowship in your local area and attend that one. And um, it's not too late to join in. That's, that's what's so great about Bible study fellowship. It goes the whole school year. So I said this season, but this, this school year's uh, BSF. So fantastic. All right. Um, we have a couple of minutes left in this segment. And we're going to be getting into the news stories that I kind of previewed for you there. I'll go to the phones really quickly. Chris in Arizona, thank you so much for calling in today. No, Arkansas. Sorry, Arkansas. Thanks for calling. (laughs) Thank you so much. I I really enjoy listening to your program. We serve a mighty God. Um, Amen. Just a couple questions. I'm wondering, you know, if, um, you know, Judge Kavanaugh would have just walked away, this would have been just like Roy Moore. Uh, They battered him and battered him. And once he lost the election, it's all over. I'm afraid that that's what would have happened if if Judge Kavanaugh would have stood his ground. Um, but the reason, main reason I called is I want to know, you know, what are the odds of the Senate on her back, Ms. Ford back, and testify by her line under her own. Now that her, boyfriend, her ex-boyfriend's come out and said that he witnessed her, um, you know, coaching somebody on a polygraph test about the flying. Well, okay, so, Chris, they have sent, um, they've sent a, uh, a letter, an interrogatory letter from Chairman Grassley to her attorney to ask about that. And what they've said is they need the results of the polygraph test, um, the actual 
like the all of the background pages, not just the the summary, so that they can ascertain some of the details surrounding the app, the administration of the test. And there has already been another letter uh, sent out to her attorney about the the issue that you're discussing. Uh, what's the likelihood of her showing up uh, for another for questions? I, I don't know. I, I honestly do not know. I know right now they're they're mainly concerned with completing the FBI investigation and then having that final like cloture vote that moves the entire body to vote on whether or not they're going to confirm Judge Kavanaugh. And that is their primary concern. But I think the investigations that are running will continue to run. And I think there's going to be a real um, a real we're going to see a real push to have some prosecution surrounding what's happened. You make an excellent point. And news wise, I just wish we could have some equal coverage of all of the developments instead of only talking about how, how much people hate Donald Trump. Did you know there's a poll out that shows that the majority of the country, over 60 percent of Americans believe that Kavanaugh should be confirmed and that the allegations are unfounded? I mean, it, the, the wind is not at their back. Thank you so much for calling in today. I appreciate your call. Um, I always mistake the abbreviation for Arkansas for Arizona. What's going on with that? I learned all my cap, my my. My state abbreviations when I was a kid. Mm. I must be overtired. But it won't be for long. <laughs> so we have so much that we're going to be getting into and discussing. And I also want to point out and I want to show if you're if you catch the live stream later or if you go onto Facebook, you'll see me holding up this book. It's called The Celebration Hymnal Songs of, and Hymns for Worship. And I ordered it off of Amazon a few years ago when we were singing in church, um, we were, I was at BSF and we were singing in church and, and at BSF, we used to sing hymns and we were singing a hymn and I wrote down the hymn number. And then I realized I don't have anything to look it up in because I don't have a hymnal at home. And then I realized, oh my goodness, if there's any place I could get a hymnal, it's Amazon. And so I did, I went on Amazon and I found this hymnal, which actually used to be in a church. And uh, this, the hymn that we sang was joyful, joyful, we adore thee. My lips will shout for joy when I sing praise to you, Psalm 71, 23. And as much as Mercy Me and Lauren Daigle and all of the others are like the soundtrack to my life and I enjoy their music, there's nothing like singing hymns. And I just want to give you this as we go out. Joyful, joyful, we adore thee, God of glory, Lord of love. Hearts unfold like flowers before thee, opening to the sun above. Melt the clouds of sin and sadness. Drive the dark of doubt away. Giver of immoral gladness. Fill us with the light of day. How good is that? All right, we'll be back with more right after this. Eighty percent of the time, an abortion-minded mother who views an ultrasound or sonogram of her baby will choose life. Here's the story of Candace. The sonogram sealed the deal for me. My baby was like this tiny little spectrum of hope. And I saw his heart beating on the screen, and knowing that there's life growing inside, I mean, that sonogram changed my life. I went from just Candace to mom. Thank you to everybody that has given these gifts. You guys are giving more than money. You guys are giving love. There are currently pre-born centers which do not have an ultrasound machine. Would you sponsor a machine today Dial pound 250 and say keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say baby. Or go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Your love 
can save a life. Hi, I'm Crawford Loritz with a Legacy Moment. I have a friend who is a pastor and a very successful author. In fact, a few years ago, his books really began to sell and became quite popular. He approached his church leaders with a bit of an unusual and unexpected request. He said to his leaders, My wife and I have decided we no longer want to receive a salary from the church. Our books are selling, and the royalties are more than enough to take care of my family and me. I suppose you could say he had a right to receive a salary. He was entitled to it, but he chose not to do it. Rather, he chose to listen to his heart. In Nehemiah chapter 5, Nehemiah shares his own perspective on leadership. What an incredible model of this principle. Listen to this, beginning in verse 14. Moreover, from the day that I was appointed to be their governor in the land of Judah from the 20th year to the 32nd year of King Artaxerxes, for 12 years neither I nor my kinsmen have eaten the governor's food allowance. And then down in verse 15, the latter part. But I did not do so because of the fear of God. And now verse 18. Now that which was prepared for each day was one ox and six choice sheep, and also birds were prepared for me and Once in ten days, all sorts of wine was furnished in abundance. Yet for all of this, I did not demand the governor's food allowance, because the servitude was heavy on this people. Remember me, O God, for good, according to all that I have done for this people. Well, here's what I want you to remember today. Just because it's yours for the asking doesn't mean you ought to ask for it. Listen to what God places on your heart. You've been listening to Legacy Moment with Crawford Loritz, pastor of Fellowship Bible Church in Roswell, Georgia, and heard on the weekly program, Living a Legacy. For more information, go to livingalegacy.org. This is Stacy on the Right with Stacy Washington on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. The Secret Service intercepted a suspicious envelope on Monday addressed to the president. The envelope was intercepted before reaching the White House. Two other envelopes sent to Secretary of Defense Jim Mattis, the other to a member of the Joint Chiefs, the head of the Navy, Admiral John Richardson, field tested positive for ricin. This is the Pentagon mail facility where thousands of packages and letters are screened every day by technicians in hazmat suits. They are now quarantining all mail received yesterday. If these two gentlemen opened these envelopes and they got enough of it in their system, it could have harmed them. Ricin is found naturally in castor beans and in its purest form can be deadly. In 2013, letters addressed to President Obama and other officials did contain ricin. A Mississippi man was arrested and is currently serving a 25-year jail term. So if you mail ricin to anyone, you go to jail. You know, obviously you have to be convicted, but... Um, if you're found guilty, you're going to jail. It's a bad idea. If you get that mad, you need to go and punch a punching bag or go run outside. Just go running. Just take off. Go right out your front door, lock it, and then go running. Just run and just take off running and run as hard and fast as you can to get some of that anger out. And, and just keep doing it until you feel exhaustion start to creep up on you. And then you have to get back home. So you turn around and you run back. And if you're too tired to run, you walk back. And you just keep doing that. Just keep running and running that anger off. And it can be, you know, that you might, you might feel like, well, 
I don't want to do that. Well, do you want to go to jail? Because this, this, this is the kind of craziness that's going on that kind of makes me wonder what is going on with people's minds that you would actually go to jail for sending someone a, a, a package of rice and knowing good and well that since that has happened during the Obama administration, they set up machines to process all of the mail to make sure that these rice and attacks aren't successful. So before human hands touch the mail, the mail is scanned and checked for these types of things. So what are you even doing besides setting yourself up to go to jail? And, and here's a, here's a big, big like hint. Um, jail's not, not awesome. Jail's unfun. Um, and for 25 years, when he gets out, he won't even be young anymore. They showed a picture of the guy who did it during the Obama administration. He was a young guy. He will not be young when he comes out of prison. He will be old and he will have wasted all of his good years. That's just too bad. But it's what he deserves because, I mean, he's, he's trying to kill people. He's mailing a substance to people to try to kill them for doing what? Their jobs? As much as I dislike some of what's going on in the, in the government, Nobody has to die. It's not about killing people. All right, so let's get to these uh, news items. So we've got this federal spending spree, and we are going to talk about, you know, Kavanaugh a little bit, but I just want I want to keep some semblance of normalcy here. Next week, what will we have to discuss if all we've discussed this week is, is the Kavanaugh nomination? They're, they're going to vote on it, and that's when we're going to be really concerned with what's happening. Um, so this federal spending spree included millions on cars, scooters, and, and fidget spinners. Now, remember yesterday I talked about $1.2 billion being added to the federal deficit in the fiscal year 2018. And that's disgusting. But how do you get, how do you get there? It's not just borrowing for needed items. Like some people say, well, we have to do it because we need you know, dollars for defense. Well, you could say that about any line item in the budget. Well, we need that, and therefore we need to borrow for it. But we don't actually need all of that money. Federal agencies spent millions on cars, scooters, fidget spinners, shuffleboards, and other things in an attempt to exhaust their budgets before they ran out at the end of the fiscal year. And you would think they'd buy like paper and computers and stuff like that, but that just goes to show you how little they value our money. An analysis of federal spending by OpenTheBooks.com reveals that 67 agencies and departments spend nearly $50 billion closing out their fiscal year 2017 budgets. The spending frenzy totaled nearly $50 billion in seven days. Now, just think that through for a second. As we're always told, well, fraud, waste, and abuse is just a drop in the bucket. It's just a drop in the hat. It's not that much. It's not that bad. It really doesn't amount to much. You should stop talking about that because that's not the way to balance the budget. The way to balance the budget is to increase taxes. You can never increase taxes enough to cover this kind of wasteful spending. $50 billion in seven days, people should be getting fired. Heads should be rolling. I don't mean literally. I mean, people should be getting called in and saying, did you order $280,000 worth of fidget spinners? So you're let go and we're canceling that order. They don't need their budgets to be as large and splendiferous as they are. Federal agencies spend out their budgets. And this is according to Adam Andrzejewski, CEO and founder of OpenTheBooks.com. If they don't spend it this year, they lose it for next year. So it's a year-end spending spree whereby $1 of every nine spent during the fiscal year is spent in the final week. Last year, during the final weeks of the fiscal year, federal agencies literally drove up taxpayers' costs 
They bought $170 million in passenger motor vehicles. And that's a lot more than the $1 million spent on motorcycles and scooters and bikes. Imagine getting to leaf through a catalog and choose a bunch of scooters and bikes for your workplace where you actually catch the metro, you get a card. Many, many government workers, especially those in the D.C. metro area, get a metro card that's paid for by the federal government. They park their car at the metro park and ride nearest to where they live, and then they take their 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 metro card, they swipe it, and they get on the train, and they ride to within a few blocks of their actual workplace. Then once they've gotten to within a few blocks of it, they walk. So these people bought scooters for what? Like, what are they going to do with those scooters during the workday? Just take a break and go scooting around? Sounds like fun, but why do the taxpayers have to pay for it? One Health and Human Services, you know that agency, right? Health and Human Services, bought a fleet of armored vehicles with Square One for $1.5 million. A fleet of armored vehicles for Health and Human Service. Please tell me what they're going to do with those. The spending occurred during the last seven days of the fiscal year, ending on September 30th. Other purchases, including $110 million on advertising and public relations. I mean, some of these companies have got to be thinking, thank God for these end-of-year expenditures, because maybe our budget was looking kind of thin, and now we've got all these contracts coming in for PR services that, really, honestly, we just get to make stuff up, because the government doesn't need public relations. They, they're the government. The Department of Homeland Security spent $15 million on advertising. The Department of Veterans Affairs spent $3.2 million on signs and advertising displays. The Army spent $6,600 in taxpayer funding on fidget spinners, $35,000 on an arcade machine. Um, you know, the VA spent $20,000 on shuffleboards. The Pentagon spent $55,000 on snowboarding equipment, $7,000 on paddleboards. Remember, this is $21 trillion in debt. $21 trillion in federal debt. It's not even our money anymore. It's our kids' money. If you have kids who are in high school, college, if you have kids who are little and running around, this is actually their money they're spending because we're borrowing so much, so much money. So, you know, I, I think it's a shame and I think we should be embarrassed about it. And I, we, if there's anything that we can do to kind of put a stop to this, then why aren't the people who are elected in the government doing that right now? And I understand. I get it. There's just a ton going on and people feel kind of overwhelmed. But you know what's overwhelming? Knowing that we have this much waste going on and we're not doing anything about it. Knowing that in the end, we're all going to be responsible for paying for this. Knowing that what we're doing is spending our children's money. Spending their, their money, spending their, 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 their future. I, I, that's all I got. All right, so... I talked about this FBI agent getting shot by this booby-trapped wheelchair in a fortified home. Now, this, I, so I, obviously it's not funny, but in the article they say, think of like Home Alone from the movie, and then you'll kind of get um, something like an idea. So a former Southern Oregon property owner has been charged with assault on a federal officer. 
An FBI agent sent to the property was shot from a booby trap wheelchair. Law enforcement officers responded to the home in the small town of Williams on September 7th at the request of a real estate lawyer tasked with selling the property. So this is a criminal complaint filed in the U.S. District Court in Medford saying that officers found traps throughout the property from spike strips to a circular hot tub turned on its side and rigged all over with it had spikes in it. So a circular hot tub that's been turned onto its side and all over it are spikes and it was connected to a trip wire. And when you walk over the trip wire, it rolls towards you, you know, to roll over you with the spikes and kill you. The officer who was reporting on the incident said that, and this was reported on, on Oregonian Oregon live. It was much like a scene from the movie, Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark in which Harrison Ford is forced to outrun a giant stone boulder that he inadvertently triggered by a booby trap switch. After making it past the hot tub, a bomb squad and FBI agent approached the property's manufactured home and blasted open the fortified front door. Inside the home, a wheelchair outfitted with a fishing line, shotgun and ammunition and other items got pushed and triggered an explosion that wounded the agent. An x-ray found a 410 gauge shotgun pellet in the agent's leg. Authorities said the makeshift weapons were created by 66-year-old Gregory Rodvelt. He was forced to forfeit his property as part of an elder abuse case involving his mother. Rodvelt currently is in Arizona's Maricopa County Jail, where he's in the midst of an assault trial in a separate case related to an alleged armed standoff. He has refused a court-appointed defense attorney, and he's been in the Arizona jail since April of 2017, but they released him in mid-August for two weeks so he could prepare to turn over the property. <sighs> so in the weeks since the agent was injured, a team of private contractors consisting of former military experts has inspected the property to kind of disarm all of the, the, the things that he's set up. I mean, th this like, this is, I guess this is America. <laughs> the good with the bad, the crazy with the, with the, with the sane. That was just, that was crazy pants. All right. So turning to the Kavanaugh story, it turns out that voters aren't actually as gullible as some people on the left side of the political aisle might think. In fact, voters are pretty astute. Voters actually can tell when something is being orchestrated for their viewing pleasure, such as this entire witch hunt of Judge Kavanaugh. So a majority of voters support the confirmation of Judge Brett Kavanaugh to the U.S. Supreme Court if the FBI finds no corroborating evidence to back up claims of sexual assault made against the nominee. Now, just so we're clear, because I, I want to make sure people understand where this, where this whole thing's going. Online today, I've read numerous accounts of different, um, different media types saying that they... Uh, don't care what the investigation shows. And it, it not just media types, some of the elected officials. In fact, it was uh, Chuck Schumer who said, you know, it's not really about what he did when he was 15 to 18. It's about his lack of credibility now. So in other words, you, you know, investigation, schmigestigation, it doesn't matter um, that it doesn't matter whether you think he did it or not. 
And it doesn't matter if he's found innocent or not. What matters is he's got to be stopped. We've heard that from numerous Democrats. So I'm sharing these numbers with you because they validate normal, regular people, regular Americans out in the hinterlands, the flyover country, the, you know, pass-through states, the Route 66 states. They're looking up from their dinner or their workplace or their laptop or their, you know, their, their business. They're looking up from their, their, whatever their business is, whatever they're doing. They're looking up from their toddler's lunch that they've just made. And they're all looking, they're saying, so if their allegations are credible, then obviously he shouldn't be there. But if the allegations are not found credible, he should be there. I mean, how much simpler can it get? So this study was done by the, uh, the Center for American Politics, Harris Poll, and it's a Harvard University poll as well. They partnered up. 60% of voters are in favor of confirming the judge to the nation's highest court if no supporting evidence of sexual assault turns up. Three quarters of voters said California Democratic Senator Dianne Feinstein would have to give the letter from Ford, which she alleged the judge assaulted her, to the Senate Judiciary Committee when she first received it in July instead of holding it until the middle of Kavanaugh's confirmation process. Most voters were strongly displeased with the Kavanaugh confirmation process, saying it was politicized and mishandled. 69% of voters call the process a national disgrace. 69% call the process a national disgrace. Voters acknowledged partisanship on each end of the political spectrum. 54% blame Republicans. 55% blame Democrats. Before Thursday's hearing, 60% of voters thought that the allegations made against Kavanaugh were mostly true. After the hearing, however, most voters found that both Ford and Kavanaugh were credible. So people thought he was guilty until they heard him, and then they felt they believed both. Now, y'all know where I was, where I still am. I don't believe anything coming out of her mouth. I don't think he did what she said he did. I don't even think anything happened to her. I know a lot of people, kind-hearted, nice people, nicer people than me, are actually saying that they think something happened to her. They just don't think it was Judge Kavanaugh. I don't think anything happened to her at all. I think the only thing that happened to her is she realized it was an opportunity for her to take part in a political hit job, and she was ever so happy to do it. That's what I think happened. So the FBI is investigating the claims that have been made. Many voters are still undecided concerning how their senators should vote. 54, 54% of voters reported their senators should vote against Kavanaugh, while 37% they should vote in favor. 20% of the voters remain unsure. So... When we get back, we'll take your calls at 866-963-2037. Be right back. Out of all the people in the world, we've all done or will do the following. Be birthed into this earth, grow, go to school, maybe go to college, get married, have kids, grow old, and die. Doesn't sound too eventful when put in that perspective. For many, the thought of discipling someone is foreign from the mind and not even on the to-do list. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, Jesus tells us to go ye therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. A disciple is more than a student. 
student, he or she is a follower of Jesus Christ. There are a lot of things in this world, but there's nothing like being a Christian. It's a life filled with adventures. Receiving an education, vacationing, marriage, having kids are good, but there's nothing like taking the time to nourish someone in God's word so that they can be a force to be reckoned with. That is priceless. With a heart for the urban family, I'm today's urban woman, Victory McIntosh. Connect with us at urbanfamilytalk.com. Hi, this is Steve Tiber with 8 Days of Hope. We've been all over the country helping disaster victims who lose everything. It's truly a blessing. I really don't have the words to express. And yet, they see a glimmer of hope when a volunteer shows up. Building the home, that's the second reason we're here. The number one reason is to share the gospel and, and give them hope. It's everything that's right in America. I mean, it really represents the, the best that we have to offer. That's one of the main reasons for doing it, is being able to be the hands and feet of Jesus and coming out and working with so many wonderful volunteers. I just feel like it's important in this day and age to teach a child uh, how to serve. Please go to our website, 8daysofhope.com, and click on Get Involved. Submit your email address, and the next time we go anywhere with a disaster, we'll invite you to come along as well. I love coming in the job room because you can see these pieces of paper, they aren't just a piece of paper. Right. It's a family that's hurting, and it's a gospel opportunity. You know, I just thank God, you know, for this moment. I mean, I'll be back in my home, and I know it's going to be awesome. Come love others with 8 Days of Hope. This is Poll Paris with Fox News Director of Polling, Dana Blanton. Lots of talk about 2018 being the year of the woman. A record number are running for office. Some 476 women filed to run for the U.S. House this year. That's nearly double the number in 2016. And women make up over half of the electorate, 53%. Of course, that doesn't guarantee wins for female candidates. Not all women vote for women. And even though over half of women voted for Hillary Clinton in 2016, that still leaves a sizable minority, 41%, that backed Donald Trump. So our latest Fox News poll asked voters if there were two candidates and the only thing you knew was that one was a man and the other a woman, how would you vote? Women voters picked the female candidate by 28 points, while men picked the male candidate by 11. Overall, that puts the female candidate up by a 10-point margin, and that's a good sign for the year of the woman. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at Fox News Poll. I'm Dana Blanton, and that's your Poll Puri. You can watch a live stream of the show on Facebook or YouTube at Stacy on the Right. Now, back to the show on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. Well, the Kavanaugh bump is real. It's the biggest change in the 2018 midterms of political observation. In North Dakota, 60 to 28, he should be confirmed. Every race in these Trump uh, red states held by a Democrat, there's been a surge by Republicans. Why? Uh, Whether you're a Trump Republican, a Libertarian, Vegetarian, McCain Republican, Romney Republican, Bush Republican, we're all united that this is unfair. What they're doing to this good, decent man cannot stand. So the Republican of the year will be a Democrat, not a Republican. You've been able to do something, my friends, on the other side I could never do. Unite this party. And, uh, and the anger is real. Well, but to do it, you had to destroy a good man. And the only way he stays destroyed, if we buy into this So Lindsey Graham has uh, uh, some really good points there. And I just want to, over the break there, there was that pull-pourri where it showed that women overwhelmingly vote for other women. Why? I I don't get that at all. Maybe, maybe I'm just not like a regular woman, but if I have two candidates to choose from in a primary and one of them's a woman and, and the other is a man, uh, if I vote for the woman, it's not because she's a woman. I'm voting for her because she's the most qualified. 
if the most qualified candidate is a man, then I'm going to vote for him. You're telling me that women just vote for women because they're women? You got to be kidding me. I mean, I come on. Is that how the, so that's what all of the the equalizing women's sports and getting women into, you know, science, technology, engineering and math and spending time having, you know, women and girls being told that they're awesome and that they're equal and that they're this and they're that. In the end, it's really going to be I see a girl's name, so I'm voting for her. I'm only voting for the girl. What? All right, let's go to the phones. Mary in Kansas, thank you so much. Thanks for calling the show. Uh, my, comment, my comment is that if someone's coming, like those protesters that are coming up harassing our senators and everything, if they don't have a legit reason for being in that building, it seems like they should have to come up to a guard and say, okay, I'm here to see Senator Ted Cruz. And then they call that office and say, no, you're not on the list. You can't come in. It seemed like they could do something to stop them from running wild in the government offices and things, harassing because literally, really, they are just trying to intimidate them to vote the Democrat way and make them scared, and that's just not right. Like Maxine Waters, you know, they're not doing nothing to her, and she's carrying an office, and she's using her political pull to help these people do wrong. And I just get so angry that. I want to know why they're allowed to run loose and catch people in elevators or go to their office. They're not on the list, and they should not be allowed in the building. And I thank you for all your help. And I'm going to hang up so I can listen to you. Okay, thanks, Mary. Thank you for calling. Um, I got to agree. So so if you've ever been into a government building before, you know they have a lot of um, screening. Like you have to go through a metal detector, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm... a couple, like a few of my family members work in these, you know, highly secured government buildings. And so you have to sometimes like one of the buildings I've been into to visit a family member of mine, I had to surrender my phone. And, um, and she asked me if I had any other listening devices. (laughs) And I was like, no, I just have that phone. She was like, I have to ask, you're not allowed to take any kind of listening devices in there at all. And she said, you know, you're going to go through that metal detector. And if there's anything, you know, it's going to stick out. And I was like, no, you'd have to worry about me. All I have on is just, you know, a couple rings and that's it. I don't, I don't have any listening devices. She said, okay. And, but it, this is a very kind of remote building that we were, we were going to, to visit my sister, but it's still, um, just, I get to a place where I don't understand why they're allowed in. I don't understand why protesters were allowed in the room in the Kavanaugh hearings. And it looks like they woke up in the second go round, they kept them out. But I think they might have done that for the benefit of Dr. Ford, not so much for the benefit of Judge Kavanaugh. And, you know, that's a total double standard to think that men enjoy being heckled and screamed at and yelled at and sitting in a contentious space like that. But you have to protect women from that. I believe you should protect women from it. You should protect men from it, too. Stinky protesters should not be permitted in the space. Uh, It's just not. They're not regular protesters. Regular protesters just hold up a sign. They're shouting. They're screaming. They're yelling. They're, they're verbally assaulting the individuals who are testifying. That's not okay. All right. I, I was just told that the spot that I was talking about. So there's something called potpourri, potpourri and it's put out by a Fox News host. She's, she does polls for them. And she was talking about how women overwhelmingly by like 28 points will vote for a female candidate over a male candidate. 
And um, I that's why I made the comment we're coming back from the break that I couldn't believe that women would do that. Just vote for someone simply because they're a woman instead of voting for the best qualified person. So that's what I was referring to. Um, let's go to Bobby in Georgia. Bobby, thank you so much for calling into the show today. I'm not sure if we have. Oh, yeah. Bobby, thanks for calling into the show today. Hey. Hey. Is this Stacy? Yes. What's your comment? Oh, okay. Uh, last week you said something about Miss Ford, about her, what she did for her livelihood. Uh, I, I didn't get all of it, but you suggested something about her. Uh, it would hurt her if she were to lose this because of what she did in life. I, she So previous about, to know, this, she's worked for the RU486 drug maker, the abortion pill, RU486. She wrote their white papers for them, and she wrote eight of them, yeah. periodic research papers, yeah. and then she served on their board. So she's pro-abortion, and she actually benefits from abortions that women have when they have chemical abortions she benefited from that because she was employed by them at one point that's what i said last okay, one well, i've never heard anybody on tv and i've listened to this for several i mean ever since it started i've never heard any news person mention any of that yeah so just, i got the story online i posted it on facebook it's still up there if you want to click through to that link I'm not responsible for what other outlets report, but I read the story. I saw it reported in numerous places online. I, I got to say, as biased as the media is, do you really think that they would report something like that, that they would actually share well, that information I, with the public? I thought maybe Fox News would. Yeah. So I don't know yeah, if you've noticed how little them. Fox News spends on abortion. Have you noticed how they so they they discuss it rarely? It's not one of their main issues over at Fox News. I'm not criticizing them. They're, they're free to do whatever they want to do, but they don't spend as much time talking about abortion and the ills of abortion and how wrong it is as we do here on American Family Radio or Urban Family Talk or me personally and in my role as a commentator. Yeah, no. Okay, well, I just wanted to find out just exactly what uh, uh, you were talking about. I just heard a little snippet of it last week, and I didn't get all the story. Mm. All right, well, thank you very much for calling for the clarification, and thanks for listening. All right, let's talk to Jim in Texas. Thank you so much for calling the show. Hey, Stacey, I've been trying to spread the word about you and your program, and uh, what I wish y'all would do is do like a little CD or DVD and make them with your best program so that when people are trying to spread the word about you, you know, it gives like the stations that y'all are on, what time you come on and just hand this out to people and say, Hey, check it out. They you could, you know, probably you have an avenue for getting some more listeners on board with you. Mm. Well, we actually do have one of those CDs. <laughs> you're the first listener how, ever how to ask it? for one. <laughs> yeah. we. <laughs> you're the first listener, Jim, you get a, you get a prize <laughs> for asking because well, maybe I get a free one. <laughs> I it, I don't know that they would charge you for it. So you would have to get it from the syndicator down in Tupelo. That's where the headquarters of everything is. I don't have that CD. But yeah, we have we have those. We we don't mass produce them or anything for sharing, but we do uh send those out when they're requested for uh for for affiliate pickups. So we just 
you know, it, it doesn't happen very often. So um, you get a prize, Jim. You're probably, I, I got to name you the caller of the day because that's, we've never had anybody call and ask for that before. And that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you, Stacey. Appreciate what you do. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate the call. <laughs> that is so awesome. I've never had anyone ask me on the radio ever anywhere for that. That's cool. Okay, so we've kind of gone over a bunch of this stuff. And I <laughs> I just, so I, I'm, I'm going to just give you guys a little peek inside. I'm actually kind of in a holding pattern, meaning I'm not as focused on it because I've read so much about what's going on. And just to give you the highlights, um, you know, so there have been some conflicting reports on um, this this whole thing in um, the the investigation. There have been some conflicting statements made by people. But if you want real news about what's happening, read the letters that have been made public by Chairman Grassley, where he takes different portions of the investigation and different portions of the Senate and representation of the of the different parties to task for misbehavior. He's been very strong. Bernie Sanders wrote him a letter. He smacked him down with a return letter. It's some of the best reading you're going to get. And the reason we're not hearing so much new information right now that's credible is just because the FBI investigation is still ongoing. They're still interviewing people, and they've tasked a ton of extra agents to take care of it, to get it done by the deadline, which I'm so appreciative of. And I'm, I'm hoping that the FBI will use this as a way to redeem themselves from some of the negative press that was foisted upon them by Peter Strzok and Lisa Page and, and James Comey, that they'll be able to redeem themselves by executing this investigation with, with honor and vigor, as they did the other six investigations that they did backgrounds into uh, Judge Kavanaugh previous to this. Um, I truly believe that the FBI is not a completely corrupted agency, but... You know, when it stinks from the head, you got a clean house. And that is what Donald Trump was doing. The president was firing James Comey. And then there was other corruption that was exposed with Strzok and Page and, and others, Bruce Orr. There's there's more to come. Um, but we're we're I'm grateful for that. Uh, we have Kelly in Alabama. Thank you so much for calling the show today, Kelly. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm great. First of all, I want to start out saying I just love your laugh. It's just the sweetest thing. Oh, thanks. <laughs> it is. Well, anyway, uh, I had a high school reunion a couple of years ago. Uh, I think it was 45 years. Anyway, one of the ladies there, and she calls herself African-American, uh, she made a statement. We were talking about the election because it was for before November. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, who are you voting for? And I said, Trump. She goes, you're kidding. I said, no. And she said, you're not voting for the first woman running for president? And I, I just wanted to tell you that because there are women who you think are very intelligent that that's how they chose to vote. So, okay, so you, you agree with me, Kelly, that it's not the demographics because so no. we, we need the smartest person and the person with the most experience, not the person who has the same, you know, extra parts that we have. That That's just not the way this world works. Absolutely. I can tell you what. Oh, yeah. So, you know this. I if you've been you've been around to have a reunion for that number, then you've been around long enough to have experienced expertise at different levels. And that's that's where the rubber meets the road for me. I can tell you, Kelly, there have been times where, you know, I've I've had to have surgery and we've interviewed with a couple of different doctors and they're all qualified. But you can tell when someone really gets you and they're really, you know, they're pulling for you and they're gonna do a good job. 
And of course you're praying and you're like, Lord, please, you know, let us choose the right person to do this. But at no point in choosing a surgeon, did I say, you know, they're only recommending guys to me over at my, at my primary care. I need to get some women options in here. It, it never crossed my mind because what I wanted was a surgeon with experience in that particular area who had gained a level of expertise, not a newbie, somebody had been doing it for five years, or someone who had years under his or her belt that could do a good job for me. And I've had female doctors who've been outstanding and the same for men, but I never say to myself, oh, I, this person can't, he can't do this or that because he's a man or because, you know, I need a woman to do this. That's just silly. And if it, if it's that way for right. your surgery, it's that way for everything, right? Right. Well, and I asked her, I said, so you believe in oppression? <laughs> <laughs> What'd she, she say? She looks I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Well, you know what? At least you, at least y'all talked about it. You know what? You get mad kudos for talking about it because I just, I'm so tired of being told that I'm against women or I'm against myself or I'm against my own, you know, my own people quote fingers when my people are the, the people of the Lord. But anyway, I'm against that, black people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm against them because yeah. I'm not voting for Obama. That couldn't have been further from the truth. Look how good I Donald know. Trump has been for minorities. It's just been awesome. It's just, I, I there's no comparison. Well, anyway, you have a great evening. <laughs> <laughs> you too. Thanks for calling Kelly. I I'm, I'm with Kelly. I can't be clear enough that if we're picking based on characteristics, that's going against what God said. God did not say, Joshua, get your men of valor together and make sure you have 10% of the men of valor are women. He just said, get the men of valor together and let's go do this thing. We're going to go into the promised land and we're going to clean it out. We're going to execute the judgment and pour out my wrath on these people for sacrificing babies and ritual sacrifice and, you know, worshiping other gods and completely ignoring my call to repentance. You're going to go in and you're going to drive them out before you. You're going to destroy them all. You're going to burn down their 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 cities. You're going to burn everything inside. You're only going to keep the metal and the gold. Everything will be destroyed. The men, the women, the children, the animals, everything, the tents. You're going to burn it all to the ground and completely wipe it from the face of this earth because you're pouring out my wrath upon them and because this is the promised land which I have given into your hand. He did not say, but only, Joshua, if you identify as a woman. Okay. We'll be back with more after onenewsnow.com. If you're leaving us now, God bless you from the heartland. Have a fantastic night. All right.